at nine years old, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and was then later adopted by the um, by the Northwestern Women's Lacrosse team. So it's a great story, but why, why am I going to tell you this while Jacqueline's sitting right here? Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure. So let's start from the beginning. So um, you are, a, you are the namesake and founder of a foundation called Friends of Jacqueline. Yes, I am. Tell us the, um, tell us how everything started right from the beginning. So um, I was diagnosed March uh, 26, 2004, when I was nine years old. Before I was diagnosed, I was a big athlete. I loved soccer. And when we moved to New York, I wanted to take up the sport lacrosse. And in our area, there wasn't really girls lacrosse. There was guys lacrosse was starting to come out, um, but girls lacrosse in our area wasn't a thing. It was in Westchester, Yorktown. It was in Carmel, everywhere else but Duchess Kent, like our little Hopewell, like Duchess area. Where I'm from. (laughs) so my mom saw that there was a clinic at a gym local gym and she signed me up she signed me up and I'm there with like 30 guys and like two other girls who I don't really think they were there to learn the sport (laughs) um (laughs) but my coach saw I was taking to the sport really well that I was really passionate about it and I really loved it because I was an athlete I was playing with the guys I would get hit with this ball but I would just get back up and play. So when my coach saw I hadn't come back for a couple weeks, he goes, what's going on? Did I do something to Jacqueline? So he calls up my parents, and that's when my parents tell him I was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor. He was in such shock, he wanted to do something for me. So he had a contact at Northwestern University, and from there, I didn't know any of this was happening, by the way. I didn't know my coach called my parents. I and my parents also didn't know that he had a contact at Northwestern and he was doing something for me. So a couple of weeks later, I get this care package from this team. I go, this is so cool. I'm nine years old and a college athletic team is sending me like a t-shirt. What they sent me was a t-shirt, a ball signed, um, some sweatbands and some like other goodies and also a media guide. That media guide was the key that pretty much sparked everything off with my relationship with them. Each girl took her time to write me a personal note on either her page or half her page. And I read through all those and I saw that their schedule was on the back and their season just started. And I saw they were playing at Johns Hopkins. That's like six hour ride from us. And I begged my dad, 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 can we go? Can we go? Can we go? And he goes, I don't know. At the time, I was not feeling well. I had really low blood counts and I was still really weak and tired. And you know the weather in New York and on the East Coast, it can be sunny and warm one day and then snowy and cold the next. It's ridiculous. Welcome to New York where you will experience all four seasons in just a matter of minutes. Yeah, so we, it was really cold in April day and I wasn't feeling well. I was feeling fine and my dad said we could go. So we take the six hour car ride drive down to Johns Hopkins and on the way down there, I go, dad, is there any way I can meet the team? Any way I can meet the team? He goes, we'll see. I fall asleep in the car and we pull in to this hotel. I go, dad, where are we? Are we lost? My dad has a bad reputation of getting lost constantly. So I'm like, are we lost? He goes, no, you're going to meet the team. I go, wait, what? So I got to meet the team for the first time at their pregame dinner. And I got to 
meet every girl. Each girl introduced where she was from, what position she played, and gave me her name. And then I introduced myself, and I told them my story for the first time ever. And it felt really good. I told them what I went, what I've been going through. Um, I just made my make-a-wish and all this fun stuff. So they're like, Jacqueline, do you want to come on the bus? and like travel with us to the game and I'm like yeah sure so I got to travel with them to the like it was like a five minute drive from the hotel to the field and I got to see them warm up and then once the game started they set me up in a press box because it was a cold like I said cold April night and you know they ended up kicking Johns Hopkins butt so the at the end of the game the announcer announced the Wildcats would like to thank their number one fan Jacqueline Murphy for So after that, we went back, me and my dad went back down to say goodbye, congratulations to the girls. And we exchanged phone numbers. And this is when I had a flip phone, not these fun. uh, (laughs) Those days, folks. Ah, the good old days of flip phones. Yeah, the flip phones, good old flip phones where you had to touch the number like 500 times to get if you pass the, yeah. Yeah. So um, we exchanged numbers. And from there, we started a relationship, a bond. So whenever I would go for chemotherapy or um, radiation or had my MRIs, I get bombarded with text messages or the, on also before Facebook was a thing, there was this thing called Caring Bridge, which is like a blog where my mom can write updates and whatnot of how I'm doing and people can leave little messages for me. So I get bombarded with messages from my team leaving me and then text messages and it, they took my mind off it. So one day I'm in the waiting room of Slow Memorial. I got treated at Slow Memorial in the New York City. And I'm in such a good, like, I'm in my own happy place. And this little girl sitting next to me in the waiting room goes, who keeps calling and texting you? And I go, oh, my friends. She gets called in to see her doctor. And that's when I turn to my dad, we need to get this girl a team. And that's kind of how Friend the Jacqueline adapted. Just want to go a few things because um, I watched the, um, and I'm sure these two gentlemen, like I told them to do, <laughs> watch the, the Real Sports with Brian Gumbel that you did with them back in 2000. I know the second uh, 2013, what, what was the first one? The first one, wow, that was a while ago. I want to say that was back in um, 09. God, that is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I and I remember, um, I remember um, your dad said about the team, you, he said, quote, he had to get unlimited texting. Yeah, yes, I had unlimited texting. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny. And I, I honestly think that, you know, it's just amazing how your experience, I mean, think about it. You, you, you get this invite to go see Northwestern play lacrosse and they just receive you as if they're, you're one of them, like instantly. It wasn't just a, you know, a fan coming in and then signing autographs or whatever. It was they are taking you in and they're going to keep in touch with you. That's so powerful for someone that is going through a rough time, you know, especially someone finding cancer. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. They were my big sisters. I still call them my big sisters. <laughs> they were my big sisters and my support system. Like, I mean, my yeah. family was there and my sister was there, but to have these, like, I lost badly when I was going through all this. I lost a lot of my friends because they didn't understand the concept of cancer. So I couldn't go running outside. I'd have to stay in and watch movies and whatnot because my system, I was just so weak. So 
yeah, so these, this Northwestern team became my big sisters. And it's funny because one, I still keep in contact with them. Not as much as I did back then, but I still keep in contact with them, which is great. And um, something that um, I remember, again, I'm going off the um, real sports thing, the first one, for um, 36 days when you were going to treatment at Sloan Kettering, your dad pushed you in and pointed to a picture of a lacrosse player. I forgot what was exactly said, but... I'm going to be strong and get to play like that one day. And the irony, I, I find this cool... The girl in that picture was Kelly Amante, who was the um, lacrosse coach at Northwestern. Is that correct? Yes. Talk about a coincidence, huh? Yeah, such a coincidence. All right, moving on. Um, Friends of Jacqueline, what does it exactly um, do? Yeah, so Friends of Jacqueline, what we do is we pair a kid battling pediatric cancer or other illnesses and pair them up with sports teams all around the country. We have three We have three programs at Front of Jacqueline. We have the Adopt-A-Child program, which is the kid who is inflicted with the disease or illness. And then we have, um, so they get paired up with a sports team. And how that works is little Susie might like cheerleading, but we don't necessarily pair her up with cheerleading. We could pair her up with field hockey. Like, it's not about the sport. It's about that relationship and whatnot. It's, um, so it's all, it's really about the relationship and the bond with your team. It doesn't matter about what sport they play and whatnot. We're not about that. Yeah, there are some cases where some people would like a certain team and we try our best, but it just depends on, we have like over a thousand teams on a waiting list right now, waiting for a child to be adopted to their team. So it's whoever is in our system and we do it by geography. So I wasn't unfortunate to see my team play unless they were on the East Coast and still that was, some of the teams were far away. Like so we six to, hours from Maryland. Yeah, so we try to pair up the uh, teams and families by like distance. So when a kid's not feeling well, the parent a parent will do anything for their child, but we try to make it easy so it's not like they're going hours and hours away to see a team we try to do it as closest and whatnot plus they could see their team whenever or their team can go visit that all right yeah i mean geography is certainly important because you know when it comes to trying to find a program to go to you know it just makes it so much easier you know it's like you said you you don't want you know children that are you know ill to be traveling so far and for so long. So the fact that you're making it easier than you had, and obviously you were grateful for the experience that you had, but you know, the fact that you're trying to make it easier for these kids is absolutely amazing and um, very much needed. You said that you have a full team list uh, that it's on like we're waiting and trying to get someone to be their friends. It's sometimes can that process be random or do these children actually have a choice as to um, who they would want? Like, is there like a process beyond that? So the process is teams sign up on our, on our, on our uh, website. Parents sign up on the website. Usually what we do is the parent, like, gets their name, their, you know, their phone number, email, and like where they're from. And then we try to look for a team within that area. So gotcha. I'm just going to do it, an example, like, because we're in the area of like Dutchess County. We, there we have some kids who are part who are part of the Marist um, Marist Athletics. So we found kids in like across the river um, that 
we paired up with Maris, you know, something like that. Maris College, basketball, the girl lives in, uh, I want to say, like, uh, um, Arlington District. So we paired her up with the basketball team at Maris. So something really close like that. We try to, sometimes they live of nowhere so the family does have to drive a little further just depending on the state and where they're from so it's not necessary where the parent says i'm signing up because i want to be a part of uh duke women's field hockey or something like that you know what i mean it's not it has nothing to do with that it's more that we're going to pair you up with the team if we have someone on the waiting list at duke or whatnot so so teams got to be on the waiting list and they got to be, um, and they got to be close. Yes. It's all about distance and all that. Very cool. Yeah. That's amazing. We got adopt a child and then we got safe on the sidelines for the siblings. Sometimes the majority of the time, the team embraces the entire family, but we do have moments where a, a sibling or siblings want their own team. Because when I, I was diagnosed when I was nine years old, my sister was seven, and my parents were with me constantly trying to get me better. So what my parents did, what we call is unintentional neglect, and my sister went from family houses to friends' houses, like a rag doll, just whatever. So wow. we started a sibling program because siblings sometimes get neglected because the parents just trying to do so much for this child who's inflicted with the disease or illness or whatnot so we have that and then we have Jacqueline's angels our angel program where it started off with kids who were not able to be a part of a team because they were in hospice and what we call ready to earn their wings but then we branched it out we branched it out to um anyone can be an angel by the way um we branched it out to People, uh, kids going in for treatment, having MRIs, or if it's their birthday or something like that. So they get all these messages from all over the country wishing them luck or happy birthday or whatnot. So even if you can't be a part of them physically, they can still reach out to you no matter what. Yes, exactly. So if someone's in, when you're in hospice, you have to stay there. You can't leave your room. So to get yeah. these messages, really um will bring brighten up your day if you guys saw the first hbo you saw that little girl um devin lamb she was getting ready to earn her wings and my dad made a phone call and messages to all these coaches that we were a part of and they sent emails and text messages to this family the lambs uh, that's phenomenal and it's hard and especially with the the one with about the siblings and it, it can be very emotional time for a lot of families and it could be very hard so having that program for siblings that may not feel like they're left out you know it's that's also pretty cool and um yeah it, i think it's amazing what you guys are doing i actually watched the second feature on hbo and i got teary-eyed a little bit it, it got to me only because first of all the the person that was featured had special needs along with Oh, move. Yes, yes, move. It's crazy because we've come across a lot of um, people who have down. We've had a couple of cases where kids have Down syndrome and a brain tumor or cancer, or we've had uh, triplets who have all had cancer, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. We've come across a lot. And it's sad, but 
to see that child's face light up when they're with their team on the field or on the court or whatnot, it, it gives them so much. It, just to see that smile and to see that parent teary-eyed because they're seeing their child not in pain is priceless. Yeah, it, it really does brighten the kid up. And, you know, it makes them forget about what they're going through, just even if it's just for a bit. And what I really like, it's not just on the field, it's also off the field. Yes, Because when I saw the second HBO thing, um, yeah, sorry we keep bringing that up, but that was our point of reference. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, second HBO special with um, Moo, and the team's coming over for dinner, and yeah, holidays. So- oh, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Some of the relationships with the teams and the adoptees, it's just so powerful because every team in, is so different. And it's so special to see. And we're in like 35 different sports. We're branching out into the arts. We, um, we have an acapella group. We have um, a surfer, Dylan Perillo. He's a pro surfer and is, he follows the sun for a living, which is so cool. But cool thing is because you got, um, we have the West Point parachute team. Um, so, yeah, wow. which is really cool. They, yeah, so we're branching out into the arts because not everybody likes, um, likes sports, you know? So, or we have this boy Sterling, I'm not going to say he's little because he's not little anymore, but into my eyes, I've known him since he's two and he's going to be, I think maybe 18. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, he's blind. So we paired him up with the Yale men's lacrosse team with his brother, but that didn't really work out too well just because he couldn't see. So he wanted something with music. So we hooked him up with the Whiffenpoofs, which is the men's acapella group at Yale. And what these kids do in their junior year is they take a sabbatical and they get to travel the world and sing. That's amazing. Yeah. So we get to, it's really cool because it's not just sports. It's also the arts and all this stuff. Anything that approaches me and my dad, we will not turn down if it's if we think it's good for a, ch- a family and a child. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of like what I was going to go off of because I know a lot of it seems to be very sport-oriented, but, you know, kids may like different areas as well. So I think it's kind of cool. Like, have you reached out to, like, theater groups or, you know, maybe dance clubs? So we've had the um, – we've had cheerleading and gymnastics – uh, dance actually at Maris, Maris Dance Club adopted um, a sibling a couple uh, okay. years ago. So yeah, we we're, we don't turn anything down. So if whoever approaches us, we go to them. Like we talk to them, saying, "Are they really into this?" Because sometimes um, the teams embrace it, but not to the. Sometimes you know. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Just depends on the situation, I should say. Okay, here's a question because I think you may have an- you said like it may not be the specific sport, but um, what is like the most requested sport? I know that sounds like a simple question, but it's it's not because no one requests sports. Oh, okay. So if you think about it like that, it's like I said, we're in thirty-five plus different sports. You know, we have ultimate golf. We have the um, like I said, the uh, West Point parachute team. So we're all over the place with sports. So there's not really a specific requested team. Today's current situation with the um, COVID-19, um, 
apparently it's very difficult for the kids to be in touch with the teams right now because um, cause the future of college sports for the 2020-2021 season is um, uncertain right now because, like, for example, out in the state of California, they um, suspended on-campus classes until January, and that's going to affect sports too. Um, are there ways that the kids are being um, are keeping in touch with the teams like now during all this? So yeah, so since this whole thing's happened, we've actually been usually the whole process is before COVID. Me and my dad will go to these schools, and these families would come, and we'll. I'll tell my story. My dad will tell about friends of Jacqueline and then a parent will come and tell the child's story. And then the team just, the team and the family just bond from there. But since we can't do that anymore, we thank God for technology. Um, Zoom, we've been doing a Zoom uh, adoption. So we have the family and the team and the coaches on a Zoom call. And we tell my, I tell my story and that's how it is. So thank goodness for technology because these kids are compromised. They can't go to these games and they can't see these athletes just yet because our immune systems are, are very, are compromised. We can't, we're not the normal person where we can catch, we can catch COVID very quickly. We can catch anything very quickly. I'm speaking because that's me still. I've been cancer free for 16 years and I still I get hit harder so I I know some kids are everyone's different but we get hit harder so with these zoom calls and stuff and technology texting and facetiming kids still keep contact with their teams um some athletes get more attached to their team couple a handful who are like really attached and some I attached and then like oh oh they're here kind of a thing but they embrace their their adoptees and the family so with like I had that at Northwestern. I had girls who like really loved seeing me and talked to me constantly. Then I had girls who would just like check up on me. And then the girls when I would come to games, just like, hey, Jacqueline kind of a thing. So I, I feel that I've witnessed throughout the long time we've been doing this for. So thank God for technology. That's how they're keeping up with texting and Zooming and Skype and Snapchat and all that fun stuff. Any way to get these kids involved? Because again, it's a really hard time for everybody, especially for those that are ill. So, uh, I mean, it's again, fascinating how nowadays we can pretty much get stay in contact with pretty much anybody. Now, um, you've pretty much made this a family affair. Like your entire family is involved in this. Uh, speak about how much of an impact they have been on you as well as all the kids that have been a part of this foundation. It's funny because, oh, sorry. It's funny because I was diagnosed when I was nine. So when you're nine years old, you don't understand the concept of cancer. So my make like my, my mentality throughout my entire situation was so positive and whatnot. So like for my make-a-wish, my make-a-wish was to be no more cancer, right? So when we started this, I never expected it to be as big as it is now. Um, so for me and my family to start this and to see these other families get a similar situation we did or even better, it just blows our mind. Like it's such a positive, we love giving back. 
We're not the type of family to receive, receive, receive. We love giving back, giving back, giving back. Like we love helping others. Like that's how we are as an entire family. I have to say, Jacqueline, when I first, I actually first out found about your foundation, um, I actually had your mom as a teacher in my high school. Right. I remember it was around Thanksgiving. She would show the um, Bryant Gumbel. HBO special, yep. HBO special. And um, I remember, I think it was like a senior in high school when I first watched it. And I'm like sitting there trying, I'm like trying to hold back the tears. And um, she always, you know, she said she'd like to show it around Thanksgiving because she's so thankful that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I just think like the, the, how we, we have, affects all these families and have these impact I'm just happy that I'm happy to see I'm giving back because to have that love and support from another team like of girls or like brothers is a big thing is a big thing that it this whole process is so hard to explain you just have to witness it yourself kind of a thing or if you go to a game and you see someone on the sidelines and it's a little kid 90 percent of the time i think it's friend of jacqueline and you just have to be you just have to look for if they have a friend of jacqueline day or ask like oh who's that little kid on the sidelines because when i was part of northwestern girls would be pointing why is she on the sidelines why is she signing autographs with the team like kind of a thing so it's really fun to see teams embrace the child and the family and bring them into games uh, or pre-game meals or after meals or how the team will set up birthday parties for their adoptee it, it's just a magical it's we a family a mom told my dad Friends of Jacqueline is like a make-a-wish, but it continues because a lot of kids choose Disney World as their make-a-wish. I was one of them, but you're only there for a week. And then once you leave the parks and you're, you leave, you're, it, that's it. But with Friends of Jacqueline, you're, a, part, you're <laughs> a Red Fox or you're a Great Dane for the rest of your life. And that's, so that's very important. Life. That's very important because, you know, uh, we, this whole idea is about being a part of a team being a part of something special uh and making a lot of memories so when you have that type of teamwork and when you have people coming together for a cause and fighting and you continue that fight after that initial day that's what's going to bring change to the world you know bring change to the world's not going to happen in a day you have to do it in multiple multiple stages and you know that's why we think you're foundation is incredible because you don't just stop at one place you go through many many miles of it do you still keep in touch with any of the kids yeah i do um over the years it's it's hard to get attached to some of these kids because when we when we tell when teams want to be a part of friends of jack when we tell them it's a it's a hard thing you have to have the mentality because actually um the coach well, he was the head coach at, for the men's lacrosse team at Johns Hopkins, David Pastramala. He went through four kids. Three of them passed away. Uh-huh. So we tell coaches in the teams, you have to be ready for children to earn what we call earning their wings. And um, so in the beginning, I was really attached to some of these kids. And towards the end, it 
I'm still very close with a lot of them, but it just hurts when you see when you go to a funeral with a small coffin, sadly. But yeah, so I'm a, I'm really close with um, this girl, uh, Gracie. She's adopted to the Women's Ambassador Lacrosse team. And then actually my high school uh, adopted this little boy, Angelo, who's such a cutie. And um, I keep in contact with um, his mom. So those, because my... Uh, senior or my junior year of college I lost two little boys uh within a day apart so mm -hmm. that was really hard for me yeah that is that is absolute heartbreaking it's certainly hard not to get attached to some of these people because yes. their stories like yours are absolutely incredible and they're fighters for sure yeah and the great that's a great thing about Friends of Jacqueline because a lot of these kids will not be able to play on a team a sports team like the, it very, the rates are very low to recover. Um, the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation are just devastating, you know, on top of that. And some of these kids won't be able to go to college. I mean, some of them do, but not all of them get to, so to be on a college campus and ex kind of experience that in some ways is really cool as well. And I have to ask with some of those who go to college like later down, um, have any of them like gone to the college of the team they were adopted by? So, yeah, a few of them, but um, we have this one uh, boy, um, Andrew, who is actually at UNH um, men's hockey. He is actually transferring there uh, for this year, and he's actually the manager for the team. Then we have this boy, Joey. He's not going to Stony Brook, but he's going to a community college, but he works in the athletic department and he's adopted to the football team awesome so we have some cases like that yes that is absolutely amazing through the time when you were um when you were sick what helped you get through this was it northwestern was it something else or well i think what helped me get to this was all the love and support from northwestern and my family my mom was my rock it was fantastic by the way yeah. my mom was my rock my sister um always was my sister my actual sister my um was also my rock she made sure she took care of me like no other she's always taking care of me even before i was sick um when i because um through treatment i lost all my hair i um because i have radiation to my spine i'm 411 because i was 411 when i started and I'm still 4'11 because of radiation. I um, have a hearing loss in my right ear, partial. Um, my gait completely dropped, so I had to relearn to walk. Really? Yes. So I wow. had braces, you know, those braces you see sometimes kids <laughs> wear. I had those, but they made them wrong, so I just had to relearn to walk. Uh, chemo damaged my small intestine, so I'm gluten-free. Trust me, not by choice. I miss bread. Um, and just little things like that. I lost, so I lost all my hair. I had hair down to my butt, really thick. So I was happy it came in, you know, it's not as thick, but it's there. So when I started losing my hair, my mom would brush my hair and the hair would come out. My sister would run it so I wouldn't see it. So little things like that my sister would do, or my sister was the goofball. She would make me laugh when I wasn't feeling well. So it's the little things like that. So I think the key thing for me was having that really good support system being there for me and keeping my mind 
on a positive mindset. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And if you think about it, you know, 16 years, cans are free. My God bless you. Like, that is absolutely remarkable. Um, like, how, how do you feel, like, right now in this current state? I feel really good. I'm actually um, work. I'm starting to get myself really stronger. Like I'll work out here and there, but I have a shortness yeah. of breath and all this stuff and I'm really weak. So I'm working with like a trainer down here, one-on-one outside and he's helping me get stronger. Like the athlete I was again, you know, my body still remembers the movements, but it's so rusty. I need to dust off and, get that back into shape yeah yeah pat you've been pretty uh, quiet throughout all this you have any questions you'd like to ask I, i'm good with questions it's just amazing to hear this story and hear about this great thing that she's doing thank you i'm i'm always the quiet one at this group when it comes to interviews <laughs> yeah and he has to and he has to deal with us so feel sorry for him <laughs> yeah i don't okay um so where do you see this foundation going down the road i i don't know i our our motto is live in the moment, play in the moment. It's so, I that's what I do constantly. I'm just living in the moment and playing and just focusing on the now and not really focusing on the future. Because you know, I some from what life can change in the blink of an eye. So just you know, YOLO live. You only live once, kind of a thing. Um, so I would love to see Friends of Jacqueline be as big as breast cancer foundation you know what I mean I really would love to help as many more kids as I can as possible and really get our name out there and just like see this thing really blow up and I would love to see our friends of Jacqueline logo on commercials or whatnot you know see maybe even in the Olympics be sponsored the Olympics or something like that one day that's an ambitious goal yes it is imagine the whole world seeing your foundation that's that's gold right there. That's crazy. But, um, so if anyone wants to um, donate, where do they go? Go to friendofjacqueline.org. Jacqueline is J-A-C-L-Y-N. And you can just donate right there. And we have a bunch of little tabs, and like, we have a donate button right there. Do you take volunteers for your foundation? Yes, we take volunteers. If you want to sign up and be an angel, that's also a great thing. All you have to do, it takes two seconds to sign up and takes two two seconds to write a little message because you know how quick we are with our phones these days. Okay, so I'm going to ask our viewers and listeners a very important favor. And I rarely do this, Jacqueline, so I occasionally do this. I think I did did this for – okay, I don't think I did this for our guest last week because his thing isn't up yet. And if he's listening, please don't hurt me. Um, now you're fine. If you have a second, please go to www.friendsofjacqueline.org. Got it this time. About time uh, you get that right. Because last week, Jacqueline, when we had our guest, it was a .org, and I kept saying .com. Oh, so, yep, organization. So it's friendsofjacqueline.org. Um, if... I know financially this is a hard time for a lot of people. So, but please, if you just have like a buck or five bucks, doesn't hurt. Warren Buffett's or, or, money, just a couple bucks, just throw just throw some bucks their way. We'll put a link to the website in our description below. We'll put it on our social medias too. If you want to know how to donate or if you want to volunteer, yeah. 
please. Uh, don donation is a very simple process. I already did it, so you know what I mean. So it, it is a very simple process. So you can do this, okay? And you never know who you're gonna change, whose life you're gonna change. Yes. That's, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, that, that's, uh, that's just it. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I just want to um close this interview by saying um. I think what you guys do is absolutely amazing. And um, quoting one of my heroes, Robert Kennedy, who once said, anyone can make a difference and everyone should at least try. And Jacqueline, you beyond tried. Oh, thank you so much. Very Again, org. Thank, thank you so much for coming, Jacqueline. And um, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll see you later.